Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. Um, you know, as we're here today, we're in the uh, early part of September and bow seasons are gearing up uh, across most of the country now. Obviously, some of these seasons open in states like Kentucky and uh, Montana at the beginning of September. Most of the bow seasons across the country will be kicking off in the next few weeks. And, you know, um, over the years, I've been bow hunting for about 30 years. And, um, you know, as you get older, your health changes a little bit and you can have some issues that develop that are really pertinent to bow hunting and be able to bow hunt effectively. Um, one is people all oftentimes develop shoulder issues, frozen shoulder and other issues where they can't pull the bow back. But the other thing that affects a majority, a lot of archers and bow hunters is uh, changes to their vision, eyesight issues that can uh, give you some challenges if you're trying to focus on the pin and the target and things like that. So um, we have a great topic that we're going to discuss here today. Um, you know, vision, how it affects you as a bow hunter and some of the things you can do to extend your bow hunting career. And with that, I want to introduce two phenomenal guests. We have Joe Vincent. He's an optometrist from Treasure State Eye Care in Montana. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. And then we have yeah. um, Tim Zelenka of Michigan, and he's going to talk about an adjustable red dot system that he's designed to help bow hunters that are struggling with uh, vision issues and things like that. So, um, you know, one of the things that uh, has happened to me over the years, I have a uh, my dominant eye doesn't close, the lid doesn't close properly. And so I started to develop some vision issues, especially in uh, recent years where uh, things never seem to come into focus with that eye, even with glasses. I wear reading glasses and things like that, and they help really well from, from my right eye, but not so much from my other eye. So, um, you know, and I got to think, what are things you can do that can really help you with the process of drawing and shooting a bow. But but Joe, you obviously work in the eye care industry and you want to talk a little bit about how your vision changes over time and maybe some of the things that you know bow hunters can think about uh, as a process is taking place. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, this is a question I get all the time from my patients. And then like you mentioned, I've got, you know, another company that I make archery scope lenses for target archery stuff. So I get questions a lot from folks kind of you know, mid, late 40s, early 50s, just starting to get into that, that term we call presbyopia. So that's when you lose that, that near vision. And that just comes from, from having birthday parties. There's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, it's kind of an inevitable change that uh, uh, kind of a rite of passage everybody gets to go through. And so for those of you guys that, you know, are already to that point, it's no real you know, surprise, you know, exactly how things go. All of a sudden things up close start getting a little bit blurry. You're kind of having to feel like you're holding things back further and further. And at some point that gets bad enough to where, you know, even the distance of your pen far enough out in front of your eye, uh, is just too close for you to, to focus on. And so <clears throat> that becomes real difficult. And that's when we get a lot of questions as far as, you know, my pins are blurring together. I can't see my pins. I feel like I'm inaccurate. Uh, and a lot of real, you know, frustration, uh, from guys, because like you mentioned with, you know, shoulder issues, things like that, you know, these newer bows are, are faster and easier to draw. And so guys can shoot, you know, much, much later into their, their lives without having to switch to crossbows and things. And so there's been a lot of things we've tried to do, you know, a little, a lot of little things we can do to kind of help with that um, from a hunting standpoint and a target standpoint. So, uh, you know, the, the first thing to kind of establish is even when you're young and even when your eyes are working perfect, you're never going to see 
you're never seeing a distance target and your pit at the exact same time, right? Your focus is always at either one of those. And so, you know, when you're really young, you can zap back and forth between that pin and your target. You have no problem. It's like everything is is nice and smooth. Uh, target archers who use any sort of magnification lens uh, or older folks that that have lost that near vision realize, though, that at some point that that pin becomes uh, tough to get back and forth to. And that's when we have to kind of deal with it. Um, Traditionally, in the past, a few things that we've kind of talked about to help people with that, uh, a few things, the, the one big thing uh, that I think that uh, is overlooked a lot is to get your annual eye exams. And I think, you know, as an optometrist, I'd be uh, doing a disservice if I didn't mention that on here. But uh, there's a lot of little things we can find at an eye exam. There's a lot of little prescriptions that you might have that maybe don't bother you day to day. They may actually help you through the day, help you see a little bit up close without having to need readers and things. But that same little bit of prescriptions enough to, to drive you crazy when you're trying to shoot your bow and things that way. So, you know, the first thing I would say is get a, a good eye exam, you know, find out your correction status. Uh, you know, if you wear glasses, if you wear contacts, you know, we can go over a few different, you know, specific things we want to do with those. But, uh, you know, unless you know what's going on, uh, it's really hard to kind of make some of these changes. So, you know, with this, assuming most people are going to have their eyes corrected, you know, either with contacts or glasses, or uh, they don't need either of those. Uh, the first thing I typically tell people to do uh, is to just use a little bit smaller peep sight. And I know, you know, to an extent in target archery, that's a little easier to get away with. You're not as worried about, you know, dim light situations and things like that. Uh, I think those are some of the things that, uh, you know, we'll talk about later trying to get get rid of some of those aspects of, of shooting a bow. But uh, that smaller peep sight essentially stretches that depth of focus out. And so especially early in the game, you can just go to a little smaller peep sight. It's going to help you see that pin just a little bit. A little bit better. Uh, again, you don't want to go so small that you lose light gathering or that you get smaller than your housing, things like that. Uh, but that's always a good step that way. Um, the other thing while we're kind of talking about peep sites is they do, you've seen uh, the specialty archery and hamsky archery and other companies make uh, little uh, lenses that go in your peep site <clears throat> called clarifiers and verifiers. Uh, a clarifier is for people shooting a bow sight and or a, a scope uh, with a magnification in it. And uh, again, people that have shot those uh, realize that if you're over, you know, 50 and you look through one of those clarifiers, your pin's even worse than it is uh, without it. And so that's not something we'd be looking at, you know, for a solution for hunting. Uh, so the verifier, the other side of that lens uh, is something that some people use for for hunting. And, and uh, essentially what that is, is just a little bitty like reading glass lens that screws into the back of that peep sight um, and it helps you magnify the pin helps you sharpen things up a little bit um, and that works pretty well for some people the downside to that is you've got a lens in your peep it could gather rain you know one drop of rain in the wrong spot we could be out of luck uh, you've also got the situation where now you've made your pin clear but like we talked about earlier now the target's going to be a little bit fuzzy and and for most shooters that targets where we want uh, the clarity at so um, those are options those are definitely things people can try some archery shops will have an actual you know little stick that's got the different verifier powers on there so you can kind of see what works best for you um 
From there, you know, kind of the other changes I talk about to folks are, are changes to the site side of the bow. So the first thing I tell people is, uh, you know, like them or, or not, a lot of times people enjoy shooting a one pin sight better once things get a little bit hazy, uh, simply because it's just one pin that's getting hazy. It's not five of them or, you know, some, some of these sites have seven pins. Uh, and that's just a, with as flat a shooting as these bows are, those pins are stacked on top of each other and they start to glare together and just cause a big haze. And so uh, sometimes just taking, getting down to one pin uh, is uh, going to just kind of take some of that, that visual kind of confusion away. Uh, and at least you're not going to pick the wrong pin and, you know, shoot way over something, something that way. Um, within the pin, you know, I, I tend to stick, tell people to stick to, you know, like a point one nine pin. I think you get much bigger than that. They kind of start flaring up much smaller than that. And they're very tough to see, especially for, you know, the kind of population we're talking about that's already having some trouble with stuff up close. Um, but the other thing you can do is, you know, I really like green pins uh, for older archers as well. And the reason that is, is when you look at, you know, just like when you look through a prism or you look at a rainbow, you know, as light goes through a, a material, it bends. And so blue light or that the, the wavelengths of light, the colors of light on that kind of blue or high frequency uh, spectrum, they bend more. And so uh, essentially when you're when you're looking through a, a peep site, you're going to get um, it's as if that uh, blue pin is going to be a little bit clearer than, say, a red pin or something that way. So blue would probably be the best from that standpoint. But what I've found with most folks is blue is a very hard pin to, to hunt with because you almost have to have a light. Uh, and that has its own, you know, kind of list of things. There's a lot of states like Montana where I live where you can't really necessarily do that. And so uh, green pins, uh, single pins, um, and then you kind of that point one nine is a good kind of uh, starting size. And then the other thing I tell people to do is to just like when you know you're first developing that difficulty to see up close, you kind of hold things further back. Uh, if you can, if your sights on a, uh, especially if it's on like a dovetail, or, you know, if you've got extra holes on that mount, move that sight further away from your eye, further away from that, that uh, riser. And that's essentially the same idea as kind of holding that uh, reading material out a little further. You know, the downside there, you're going to have to change all your pin gaps. You're going to have to change your, your sighting and things like that. But sometimes, you know, that's enough to help people out. And I will say from working with folks, it's, it's rarely one solution and it's rarely the same thing that works for everybody. Uh, simply because, you know, depending on your eye, your draw length, you know, what you're shooting, it's going to be different. And so I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes is even though, you know, we can kind of come up with ideas to help folks with this, it's still difficult. It's still, you know, we're still asking your eye to do something that it doesn't do naturally. And so um, those are kind of traditionally what we've done to deal with it. Um, there are some new, you know, if you'd like to get into some new kind of ideas and new things, I'm I'm kind of looking at is, is, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of archers, uh, don't like wearing glasses when they shoot, especially hunting, things like that. We get a lot of glare. And so when we talk about things you can do, uh, even to your own eye to kind of help with the situation, uh, if you do wear contacts, we can fit you in a contact that's called a, a multifocal contact. And what that does is it's got, uh, you know, the center of that lens is kind of built to help you see up close. Um, I've had some luck with people uh, shooting bows with that. And so that's almost like, uh, you know, in theory, giving you a little bit of that near vision back without having to, to compensate for it by, you know, changing equipment and things that way. 
Um, those lenses are a little tougher to fit. They're a little more expensive. Um, and they're not, they're not for everybody. Uh, there's another option that just came out and this is one that I haven't really had a chance to play with much, but, uh, there's a drop that just came out that actually helps you see up close. And, and it's a drop that we've had for decades. They just kind of retooled it, uh, diluted it a little bit. Uh, and I've had extremely good luck with people kind of from, I don't know, mid forties, early forties, all the way to mid late fifties, uh, to where you can, if you don't really wear any prescription for distance, you throw a drop in and now all of a sudden it's like, it's giving you your near vision back, uh, which is a pretty neat drop. It's, we've only had it for about six months. Uh, and the folks I've used it on have been absolutely thrilled with it. So I've already got a couple guys that, you know, they, they bought the drop. They're simply going to use it for, for shooting and archery hunting. Um, but again, that would be a way, uh, another option for people to look at, to be able to see those pins, uh, to be able to do that kind of stuff without necessarily making a lot of, uh, you know, changes or, or, uh, you know, movements to their, their bow and things that way. So, uh, that's kind of a newer, newer design or a newer idea or a newer option for people. But, uh, it's something that I could see being, uh, you know, pretty handy for a lot of folks as far as that goes. Yeah. Now, you know, you hit on a, a key point a couple of times when we started and as you were talking, it all really starts with going to your eye doctor, having your vision checked regularly, because, you know, a lot of people uh, have trouble focusing as they get older, but there can be a, a myriad, a, a wide variety of things that do affect your vision. And so um, it's just like when you start out with anything in archery, um, you need some guidance in the beginning. And so I think that's a great first step. And it's really important before you can make any corrections that you diagnose exactly what's going on. Now, yeah. I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention you're actually a, a longtime competitive and target shooter. So you've done a lot of shooting yourself and you also have a company called 406 Archery. Can you talk a little bit about that? And you make yeah. special lenses and things like that, mostly for target shooters. But talk about that. Yeah. So I've got a few, uh, you know, so I, I do a lot of target archery, like you mentioned, and uh, it just kind of it was one of those things that honestly started when I was in optometry school. You know, I was buying these lenses that cost 400 bucks, 300 bucks for these super fancy special glass lenses that were, you know, the, the, the thing that was going to make me shoot the best, right. Cause they were, they were expensive. So they had to work. Uh, and it got, I kind of just got to thinking that there's really no reason, you know, to pay, you know, that kind of, that kind of, uh, price. And so I started, started looking into kind of sourcing my own lenses, uh, and cutting them to shape and things like that. And, and because of my profession, we have a, a doctor, we have a three doctor practice. So mm -hmm. I get some, a, a lot of volume as far as lenses go. Uh, and so I've always been able to kind of been able uh, to offer cheaper lenses to folks that are, you know, my opinion, every bit as good as, as some of the other ones. And so I've had really good luck with that, uh, that kind of business. I'd say it's almost better luck than I was hoping to the point where I'm in some cases too busy. I've got two kids now and things that way. So I'm kind of a one man show on that. But again, you know, the, the principle is the same as in the target archery. You're trying to magnify that target. You know, when you're looking at a Vegas X, it's the size is smaller than a dime at, at 20 yards. And, and, you know, you're, you miss that, uh, that 10 one time and you're out of the game, uh, just like that. And so guys really want to be able to see those lines. They really want to be able to see those X's. They really want to be able to see that divot in the foam or whatever the case is in 3D. And so they use a lens to magnify things. Um, again, when we magnify that lens in the front of your scope, that puts more, uh, I would say kind of more strain on the system in the sense that you're, you're 
eye is going to have to focus through some of that to clear it up. And so, like I mentioned a little earlier, that's when we get into clarifiers. Uh, and those clarifiers, again, make your near sight or your peep sight, I'm sorry, your pin, uh, a whole lot harder to see. And so anybody who's shot target archery is, has gone through that. I mean, even if you're 15 years old, if you put a, a six power lens in front of your scope and a and a medium power, you know, clarifier, that pin's going to disappear in a hurry. Uh, and so that's why you see a lot of target guys shooting real bright pins, uh, huge pins, uh, a lot of guys shooting big loops or hoops where they just see right through them. Uh, and that's because that, that target, that uh, is always sharp, but that pin is always fuzzy. Uh, and in target archery, a lot of people, you know, like it like that. They, they want to concentrate on that sharp target uh, and the pin kind of does its thing behind it. So I kind of got into it just because I, I wanted to look for a, a cheap option that way. But again, it's given me uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, interaction with people as far as trying to figure out and troubleshoot some of these, these issues that they're having. And so I do have a few people that hunt with lenses. Uh, I don't think it's a big issue if you do, especially, you know, two, three, four power, because sometimes you don't need a clarifier to clear those up. And so, you know, we may have folks that uh, have something like, a, you know, macular degeneration or glaucoma or something that's that's caused their vision to be decreased. Uh, and we by magnifying a, a, that target, that might get them into to shooting again. So, you know, that's definitely an option for some hunters as well. I'd say it's it's almost exclusively for target archers, but I do have a handful of guys that uh, that shoot those for for hunting as well. And, and again, that's four hundred six archery. What's the website for that? That's four hundred six optics. So four hundred six optics dot com. Four hundred six. My apologies. Four hundred six oh, optics. Okay. Yeah. So so. Now, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned that a lot of times, you know, vision issues, guys might want to pick up a cross, but that's, a, that's an easy way with the scope. Um, same thing with shoulder issues. But, but Tim, you've developed a, a pretty unique product called the adjustable red dot. Now, uh, most hunters know what a red dot is, but this is a red dot that uh, has a, a mounting system and it's adjustable. And so that's really intriguing. And, and I'm assuming one of the big reasons you came up with this product is you wanted to help um, bow hunters. This is something that actually goes on your compound bow and you wanted to help bow hunters that might have some challenges with vision issues and things like that. So um, first off, um, what's the genesis of that? How did you come up with the adjustable red dot? Well, I've been shooting a red dot on a bow for 30 years. And so it kind of, until we really, it was always a fixed sight. So I was just working on the adjustable mount for it. And as that's evolved, you know, 90% of our people that have been coming to us are guys that just can't see anymore. So it's kind of, when we first started, we weren't really, weren't really thinking about guys that couldn't see, but now almost everyone is, you know, they can't see pins anymore. Um, but um, I think the, the biggest reason, I don't know if you want to go into that, why, why we can see a red dot and, but we can't see our pins, um, is the dot, it, it looks like it's sitting on the target and Joe can talk to this also, but so now we focus on, on the target rather than focusing on the dot, you know, we're shooting with both eyes open. And so we just stopped thinking about, we don't use a peep sight. We just look at the tar target and the dot just comes in our vision. Um, that that's kind of the the gist of, of the red dot on a bow but there's nothing special about the red dot we're using it's a 
we like to use like an ultra dot to tube style red dot a little bit longer helps us you know center up a little quicker um but with a rail system you could use you know just about any red dot that would fit on your bow yeah and that's a good point you make about how you're not struggling with uh trying to adjust between the pin and the target if it's sort of sitting right there and you envision it sitting right on the bullseye or right on the target so um now the mounting system is obviously what makes this this uh different or special how did how'd you come up with that and can you talk a little bit about how that actually works when you mount the entire system to the bow well the, the biggest thing when we go back putting a fixed one on a bow is isn't that difficult it, it comes when when we want to make it adjustable so we might make that like a single pin slider it whereas that you know we're making the red dot move up and down on the riser but it it just it can't move parallel it just can't move straight up and down on the riser or we we won't see the dot anymore as it moves up and down we continually have to move our head so as it moves up and down um it it moves on an arc no one else can see this but you guys probably can if you look at that you guys see that how that that's on an arc and uh so so that's just uh so as that moves up and down it turns so we can still see the um you know the dot uh and another part of it as we were we're building it we were realizing that the tolerances on this have to be like they're a half a thousand it'd be very tight because the the red dot the the focus of it or the everything has to be straight you know this is parallel to our riser you know and it needs to be you know be in line with our string so if your bow is out of tune or out of whack it's very hard to see the dot and that's what it, it all leans uh back to us not not needing a peep sight because as long as your bow is straight we're looking straight at the red dot you know we can see it in the center and that's why we don't need the peep um but I'm, yeah, no, and go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm I was trying to, you know, give you a good uh intro of how we came up with that, but uh um it definitely was a work in progress, that's for sure. So so when you visit your website, you offer a couple different packages now. They're all red dots, but you offer different types of scopes. You want to talk about maybe some of the the features or some of the benefits of each of the different scopes. If I'm correct, you have three different options. Yeah. So with the ultra dot, um you can use just a, it's a, it's a tube that has, you know, just one dot in it and they all have 11 different brightness settings. Uh -huh. But so an ultra dot has one dot. You can choose from a two MOA dot or a four MOA dot. You go to a mesh dot two, then you get the option of a two, four, six, or an eight MOA dot or a dot with a circle or a dot with a crosshair. And then there's a match dot that just gives you this dot sizes. And for anyone that doesn't know, a, a two MOA dot at a hundred yards is going to take is going to cover two inches of your target at a hundred yards. So shooting at twenty yards, it's going to be you know less than a quarter of an inch. So it's a pretty small dot in you know low light situations. Um, you can dial it down to you know a one you know super dim. And especially when you have both eyes open, uh, it's not like we're looking through a scope in low light because the, they're not magnified. And 
after a little while when your muscle memory takes over the the dots just on the target and and we're not thinking about you know aligning a bunch of stuff or we, we don't have to have the string touching our nose or flexion the corner of our mouth or all those things we just need to center the dot and i was going to ask you about that how important that anchor point might be or using a kisser button but you've sort of touched on that and um joe i didn't know if you wanted to add anything there but uh yeah, well, I mean, just to kind of touch on what he mentioned earlier, the, the reason that works so well, you know, just like a rifle scope or anything else, when you've got an, an optic that you're you're using to aim in the distance, you know, they've, they've figured out or the way they, they mount that optic in there, the, the dot is essentially the exact same demand on your eye as being in the distance. And so just like you said, you know, any distance correction at that point, you're in good shape. Uh, with the red dot too, what's nice is like you said, different eyes are going to like different spots and different dots and different, you know, lighting situations. People might, especially when it comes to guys with, you know, certain eye diseases or, or a little bit of cataracts, things like that, being able to kind of change that, you know, day to day or throughout the day as they sit on a stand is uh, another big, uh, a big advantage. And then again, taking that peep sight out of there, one less thing to have to, to worry about. So, I mean, from uh, a lot of the aspects I talked about earlier, as far as, you know, struggles that guys have uh, the red dot really does a good job of uh, of allevi alleviating a lot of that and joe megan talked about too is because i get this question a lot guys that have uh astigmatisms they can't you know they have a little bit of a problem with a red dot but a green dot is a little bit better you know mm -hmm. why that is that you know yeah so just like i was kind of talking about the difference between like a, a green pin or a blue pin and a red pin <clears throat> just depending on you know red doesn't uh, red is a little more flary for most people. And so if you've got a little bit of uncorrected astigmatism, which a lot of people do, even with wearing contacts and things like that, uh, there will sometimes with a red dot, because it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't stay as tight as I guess you'd say, uh, it, you'll get a tendency to kind of get a little flaring and things like that from a, from a, a little bit of astigmatism. Uh, whereas sometimes with a green dot, you might not get that. I haven't, I haven't had enough experience, you know, looking at the two green dot versus a red dot that way. I think, you know, theoretically that would kind of be the difference there though. I've kind of looked into it a little bit since we talked and it, it seems to me like guys still have some of the same issues with the green as they do, uh, the red, as far as, you know, astigmatism, things like that go, uh, you know, my, my, the thing I would kind of add to there is if you've got uncorrected astigmatism, uh, you're probably not seeing as many, uh, seeing as sharp as you need to out in the distance anyway. So the complaint that, you know, all oh, my astigmatism will make it so I can't shoot a red dot. You know, we ought to be, we ought to have your glasses or contacts figured out to where that's not an issue for you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Tim, did you, because these are sort of like a specialized system, you can mortar them off your website. Are there any you know, measurements that uh, bow hunters need to take into account when they're ordering one of your red dot systems? That's my first question. The other part of that is, is it um, universal? Can it be used for both left and right-handed shooters? I happen to be a lefty, so sometimes there's a lot of great products on the market, but they're only for right-handed. So first part is, you know, what do you need to take into account when you're ordering one? Second part of that is, do you make this mounting system for both left and right-handed shooters? Yeah, we, we make a, a right-handed mount and a left-handed mount. Um, and the biggest thing we 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 change and a little bit is is fit based on what bow you have and a little bit of is what's your comfort. So typically um, we like to have we don't put the red dot in line with the string. 
like you would because we're not looking through the string like you are with a peep sight. So if you were to hold your bow out in front of you and center the the string rest, we like the the string to be pretty much on the edge of the glass of the red dot. Um, and so we achieved that and we changed the, the length of the ring. Um, so if you had a big, uh, much wider bow, like a Matthews V3, um, you're gonna use a little bit longer ring to push it out, you know, because the, the riser's thick. If it's an older bow with a much thinner riser, then we're gonna use something a little bit shorter. But, um, but if you're a guy that's been shooting a peep sight for 30 years, and you're used to that really tight anchor, and it doesn't bother you to have the string in the glass a little bit more closer to the dot, we can just use a shorter ring, and then your anchor point will be more similar to what it was when you were shooting a peep sight. Um, is it going to be exactly like it? You know, is your anchor going to be exactly like? No, not at all, because we're just we're not looking through the string anymore. Um, what we really need to try to do when we're shooting a red dot on the on our bow is keep your head straight because we're not tilting our head to try to get our eye behind the string. Just if you can think of it like you're throwing a football, just look at the target and, you know, draw your bow back and just let the dot be there. Um, we actually can take it that some guys that either had an eye injury or blind in their right eye and they're right-handed. And then we space the, um, the rings over and just put the sight in front of his left eye. and it doesn't make any difference, you know, because whether we shoot with both eyes open or not, you're just seeing the dot with our left eye instead of our right eye. And uh, so guys are left eye dominant or something. We just, we'll just put it in front of your left eye. So so that's an interesting question, which uh, particularly for me, with the issue with my eye and the one eye that doesn't close always being cloudy because it's constantly dry. Is that something where if I could learn to shoot with the other eye, it would still be effective with a red dot system? Yeah, it, it would just... Um, you just put it in front of your other eye. You know, guys that who said, oh, I, I have a problem leaving both eyes open or I shut one. I just tell them to go, you just shoot with both eyes open for 50 or 100 shots. Your brain will figure it out. And pretty soon you'll be like, oh, um, you know, I went through that with my kids. I can't do it. It makes me dizzy or like, just keep doing it. All of a sudden it'll click and, you know, you'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, if you just put it in front of your left eye and just figure out the, you know, how much, how much we need to space it over. So it's comfortable for you and it'll, it works exactly the same. So you just start shooting sort of intuitively and, and eventually you, you figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's just like, I want to say it's, it's as close to shooting pure instinct as, as you can get. And you're like, how could that be with a red dot? And you're like, just cause we're looking at the target, you know, and, and the dots, just that reference. Yeah. Now, before I forget, Tim, your website is adjustablered.com, right? Adjustablered.com. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Now, you sent me a couple of pictures of some guys, I think, that were using your, your adjustable red dot and took some nice elk out in Wyoming. Um, when guys come to you and they do have vision issues and they start to use your um, your product, your adjustable red dot system, What's typically some of the feedback you get? Are they are they, are they surprised? Are they, uh, you know, is it like, wow, you've extended my archery career, my compound career? What do you hear from people? Yeah, I mean, we have every week just the questions, you know, that, hey, can this keep me in the game? Or, you know, we've had guys that quit shooting years ago and, you know, they're just amazed that, which seems a little strange to me because we've been using a red dot for so long 
you know, they haven't heard, heard of that, but, uh, yeah, it's just, um, how easy it is for them. You know, I think the most difficult thing is for some people because they were shooting a, a peep site for so long and, and they're so used to that. And so they have to change stuff a little bit, but you know, with being able to move the rings, you know, the dot a little closer to the string one way or the other, um, you know, it's not that difficult to, you know, get them past that. Yeah. Now the only thing I would add here is uh, I'm assuming these are legal in most States, but they may not be legal in every single state. I don't know. Uh, every, every state's laws are different. So yeah, I just recommend uh, that you check them out, but uh, um, I think everybody should be in good shape about this. And uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is uh, are you working on anything new? Do you have any other um, products that you're thinking of along these lines that you that you're working on or, or might, we might see in a year or two? Um, well, we'll have this out. We use this, you guys can see it and I'm going to just for tack. Um, this is a little bit different, um, setup. So with our, with our hunting setup, it's kind of, we adjust the front of the site up and down. And, um, the a big question we get is how far out can we shoot? So yeah. if we set our bow in at 20 yards, how far can we get? So the average guy is going to get out to, you know, 65 yards where we just, we just run out of adjustment on it. Um, so but with this one, every click up front, we can go, if we were sighted in at 20 yards, we can add five clicks up front. Now we're sighted in at 40 and we can go out from there. So with TAC, where we needed to get out to, you know, 100 yards or so, just, you know, in that situation, we would just start off at 40. But if we ever need to go back to 20, it's a couple of clicks back to our, our hard stop. And, you know, or if we, a guy wants to shoot two arrow setups, um, we could be set it in for our, our light one, give it a couple of clicks, and now we're set up for our heavy arrow setup. We're just um, using, you know, a, a different scale for like basically a different uh, um, kind of like a single pin slider. We just don't use range marks on our on our slider. We're just using the clicks. Yeah, but you can set up for like if you shoot two different arrows, if you shoot a long range, or if you shoot a heavy weight, you can you can already have that set up in there and jump back and forth. Yeah, we put a hard stop up in the front, so uh -huh. we just go back to the stop, and that's our our light arrow or our twenty yard. And um, so it's we always kind of wanted to keep everything simple, no matter what. Um, when we built the thing, the the site with the our gear system where it moves up and down, we wanted it big enough so you could drop it in the dirt, and um, it's nothing's going to get you know uh, stopped up or. You know, we can throw it on the ground. We've taken them and taken the ultra dots off and thrown them as far as we can, just beat the crap out of them and then screwed them back on. They're still dead on. So, What's the number one question you get from people when they start to inquire about the ARD? What was the first thing most people ask? Um, you know, a few guys, how hard is it, is it to set up? Um, but the guys that ha are having those vision issues is, you know, will it? <laughs> will, will it correct it for me? And I'm like, well, probably. Um, but, you know, just the setup, I think because it's different, probably uh -huh. concerns a few people. And the biggest thing I can say there is it's not a pin site. So you just, you can't think of it like that. You know, it, it wants to be straight. It's, think of it like trying to shoot a pistol or, or a rifle with, you know, your head off the stock. It doesn't work. You know, the red dot forces are, are formed to be good. 
And, you know, as soon as we torque the bow or something, now the dot's not in the center. Yeah. And, and you'll help people, right? Because when, when they buy a product, you, you, you help advice, provide advice and instruction and things like that. Because I, I've of got the a lot of videos. I, you know, they can call me anytime. If someone doesn't want to set their stuff up, they can send me their bow. We'll set it up for them. Um, for the most part, once we set it up and sighted in, it's sighted in for everybody. You know, so because we don't have that two-site system like a peep and a pin, it's it's just like mounting a, a red dot on a gun or a scope on a gun. It, you know, the only way we can see it is if we look straight at it. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything else you two gentlemen want to add, but I want to thank you both very much, uh, Joe and Tim, for joining us. Uh, is there anything else that maybe we should touch on that we haven't as far as vision issues and maybe products that can help people? Um, well, well, sorry, not not like like I said, just uh, make sure you're getting those annual eye exams. And, and you know, if you have a question, ask your, you know, I've had I've had. I've had people in my office with bows. I've got a, I actually shoot indoor in my office after hours, obviously. I can shoot about 30, 30 yards. And uh, I've had, uh, you know, plenty of people bring their bows in and we kind of played with lenses. I've had guys, I've had competitive shooters, you know, rifle and tar pistol shooters bring, you know, guns into my office, things like that. So, you know, when you're lurking, trying to work through something like this, try and find an optometrist that uh, that's an outdoorsman kind of, he can help help you, uh, you know, work through some of the specific issues you're having, because they are a little different than, than, uh, you know, regular sitting at a computer job and not everybody, you know, experiences that. So, uh, if you have any questions, obviously there's lots of ways to track me down, but there's, there's lots and lots of good optometrists in the, uh, in the country that, that hunt and, and can help you get pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And, and, uh, just to, um, remind everybody, uh, the name of your business is treasure state eye care. And if I'm correct, you're in great falls, Montana. Yep. And then you have um, 406 optics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Tim? Um, I, you know, I'd probably just, you know, let, you know, people that are wondering, cause I'll get, I'll get questions after this about uh, it being legal in their state. And it's, it's usually just those States like Montana and Colorado, where we, it's absolutely no electronics on a bow, you know, um, the rest of the States, you know, if you can have a lighted pin site, you can, have a red dot but uh it what it doesn't do is everyone you you wouldn't think you'd think a lot of people understand what a red dot is but it's not a laser so it's not projecting a beam out there and so just understand that and it uh, a red dot just doesn't have a a light in the middle of that tube so it's not it's actually a light being projected back to you off of a special lens and that's why we can only see it in the middle so it is a little bit different um, if you go to our blog on our website we've written some um, some really good blogs to answer those questions about how a red dot works and, and the differences between a, a red dot and a um, peep and a pin yeah and that's uh, thank you for that it's a great way to wrap up you know uh, the website is adjustablered.com and as um, Tim and Joe have shared with us today you know a lot of guys that get older think, oh, I can't continue to shoot through my peep sight. I can't continue to shoot with my compound because my vision's going bad. There's actually a lot of things that you can do to extend your bow hunting career and your archery career. Uh, even if you are having changes to your vision, start with going to your local uh, eye doctor. Um, if you're interested in going to a red dot system, check out um, Tim's uh, ARD system. And uh, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us on the Bow Hunting Podcast. and. For everybody out there who's listening, we'll see you next time on the Bow Hunting Podcast.
Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.